Welcome, everyone, to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Well, I was locked in this dark trunk of this man's car, and my first thought was, it's my worst fear, and it's literally happening right now. Then I felt around in the darkness and I found three things. I found a roll of duct tape and a screwdriver and a pair of handcuffs. And my second thought was, I'm gonna be killed. Tonight I'm gonna die. I was only 19 years old and I already had a lot of regrets in life. But what God did next to save me in more ways than one was totally miraculous, and I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But I want to encourage you first that nothing is ever beyond God's redemption. Nothing that happens in your life, nothing that happens to you, nothing that you have done is ever beyond God's redemption. I like to say, and you've heard Dan say it before, your deepest hurts will help the most people. Because when you bring your deepest hurts to Jesus... He deeply heals you. And healed people heal people. So your deepest hurts are going to help the most people. I'm still in process, like all of us are, but I want to tell you about how God did that and is still doing that in my life. I'm going to show you how Jesus will use every single hard thing and painful thing. He will turn it for your good, and then he will change it for many people's lives to be changed and saved and set free. He always brings life out of death. We just sang about it, you guys. Every single one of us is here because he's bringing life out of our darkness, out of our death. Anything that that feels like death or feels dormant in your life, he's bringing life. And I just want to read to you a prophetic word that the Lord um, spoke to me for the body of Christ. That means you guys. A month ago during staff worship. First I heard him say, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He said his goodness is coming. And then I saw a little picture in my mind of fruit, like fruit popping up everywhere. He said it's a fruitful season. There's going to be harvest, you guys, in your life, a fruitful season. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he, he spoke Hosea 6.3, which I have here up on the screen for you guys. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. And that to me means God's faithfulness. Every day after day, the sun rises again. Year after year, spring comes and new life and the the, the spring rains bring life. He said, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to show myself faithful to you guys. It is a new day. He's coming to answer your cries, your discouragement, your disappointments. He's coming to wash them away with those spring rains. The promises that you thought might not even come to pass in your life, that's the goodness that you're going to see from God now in this season. It's a new day with the Lord. So let me back up to the beginning of my story. I grew up in a Christian family in a denominational church. 
went to a Christian school, went to church twice every Sunday. I learned, memorized the Bible verses, learned a lot about God. I knew all the Christian things. So I knew a lot about God, but I didn't know him. I didn't know him personally for myself or have relationship with him. I'm thankful for the foundation that I had in that church because it did give me a good foundation in the word of God. But I just didn't know that I had to surrender my heart to Jesus in order to have relationship with him. Fast forward to my college years. I had all that head knowledge, but my heart wasn't right, and I didn't even know it. Without all that knowledge, but no relationship, I was prideful and self-righteous. Thought I knew everything. It was a lot like the Apostle Paul when he was Saul before he met Jesus. When I was 19, a traumatic event happened in my life. And God used it to bring me to him. What happened to me was not from God, but he definitely used it to draw me to him, and he's still using it to draw many people to him. It was a sunny September afternoon. I was jogging around a lake near the college that I was attending. I was in a great mood. I'm jogging along the road. I run, I run past some kids playing uh, in the yard on the corner, and uh, I get past the houses, and I get to a, a section of the road where there's some trees on my left, and there's a fence in the lake on my right. And I see a man in dark clothing walking towards me on the other side of the street. Didn't really think too much of it. But as I'm running, when he gets perpendicular to me, he ran across the street and grabbed me, sprayed pepper spray in my face, dragged me across the street screaming for help threw me in the trunk of his car that was parked there in the trees. Slammed the trunk shut, drove off with me in the trunk. And that's when I thought, I'm going to die. That's when I found those three items in the car. And I had these regrets in the back of my mind, like, I don't want to die yet. I want to get married. I want to have children someday. And they say that when you think that you're going to die, your life flashes before your eyes. But here's what happened to me. The meaning of life flashed before me. The meaning of life became crystal clear to me, almost as if God was speaking it directly to me. He said, love God, love people. It's all that matters in life. Love God, love people. And I knew I hadn't been living that way. But I knew I wanted to. So I promised to God, I want to live that way if I survive this. I started singing praise songs in the car for comfort. I loved, I've always loved singing. I've always loved worshiping the Lord. So I started singing. And the man heard me singing, and he turned his radio on to a hard rock station, turned it way up so he couldn't hear me. And so anybody around the car could not hear me. Later, I found out he was being convicted when he heard me singing thy word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He realized this is a child of God. And he was wrestling with his thoughts, thinking, should I go through with this or not? You know how the Bible says, like, with every temptation, God will provide a way out? 
Well, God did give him a way out because I almost escaped at one point. He stopped the car and he popped the trunk from the inside of the car and I started climbing out before he got to the back of the car. And I grabbed the screwdriver to use as a weapon and I went at his face with it. But he turned just in time and it just scratched the side of his face. And then he punched me in the eye and he threw me on the ground and he pinned me there. I looked him in the face and I said, are you working for the devil? He got a weird look on his face and he's like, no. I said, well, God is with me. And I used to feel like those simple phrases, they were so like childish and simple and why couldn't I come up with some like theological statement, you know, to blow him away, you know, or make him let me go or something like that. But what I've learned over the years is that simple is powerful. Your simple words and my simple words with the Holy Spirit's power behind it will change lives. Like that phrase, God is with me. It is powerful. I didn't know it at the time, but God caused me to say that because he knew that it causes fear to flee. Saying God is with me pushes fear out. Almost everywhere in the Bible where it says fear not, in the next breath, it says, for I am with you. Yes, for I am with you. If you know that almighty God is with you, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. And he was with me. I did not have a relationship with him, but he was definitely with me throughout this whole thing. He was surrounding me. And I'm going to tell you in a minute the power behind those, that other phrase that I spoke. At that point, he tied me up and he gagged my mouth with the duct tape so that I couldn't sing anymore and I couldn't call for help. He ended up taking me to his house, carrying me through the back door and upstairs, and that is where he sexually assaulted me. And he threatened my life and my family if I told anybody. Later, 10 o'clock at night, and the detectives told me later that it is miraculous that he let me live because to keep someone for that long of a time, that didn't happen very often. It was 10 o'clock at night. He put me in the back seat of his car. I was still tied up, but I wasn't gagged anymore. And he started driving me back to the college where I went to college to drop me at the parking lot. While I'm in the back seat of his car, I begin to sing Amazing Grace. And I didn't know at the time why, why I sing that particular song, but it still amazes me that God gave me that song to sing. And we just sang it, you guys. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. It was God speaking a message to this man, even though you've just done this horrible thing, there's grace available to you. But it was also God speaking to my heart, the one who grew up in the good Christian family. I needed the same grace to be saved, to have relationship with Jesus. That same grace was for me too. And I was about to see that amazing grace in action. 
He dropped me off at the college parking lot. And even though he had threatened my life, I ran home from there. I lived about two blocks away. I ran home. I called my parents right away. My dad came over and I told him the whole story. We went to the hospital. We filed a police report. Through a miraculous set of events, the detectives found him the very next day. That was all God, too. I, started, uh, I stayed with my parents for a little while. So while I was healing up, I was living at their house. And a friend explained during that time that I was healing, he explained to me what salvation really is about surrendering my heart. And this is how he explained it. He said, what if someone took everything that they had and they bought a gift for you with everything they had, with all their money, all their possessions, and they bought a gift for you, and they wrapped it up and they're holding it out. And they said, I already paid for this gift. In this gift, there is uh, freedom. In this gift, there's healing, there's joy, there's peace, there's love, there's a changed life, there's whatever you, ha whatever you have need of is here in this gift. All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is take it. And that made a lot of sense to me. It's already been done. It's already been given. All you have to do is take it. So that night I went, I went back to my parents' house and I prayed a simple prayer and I said, Lord, the, you saved my life. You literally saved my life. The least I can do is give my life back to you. I do want to serve you with my life. I do need that gift. I need that gift. I need healing. I need freedom. I need some peace. I give my heart to you, Jesus. Remember how I said I want to love God, love people? Well, God was teaching me the way to love him is surrender your heart to him. Surrender to him. And that's not just a one-time thing. It's like every day. Surrender to God. Then I picked up my Bible and I read in Romans and the word of God, you guys, came alive to me. I had always just thought the Bible was what people told me it meant. But I was reading in Romans and God was speaking to me. God himself speaking through his word. I know now that was the point that I was born again, but I didn't realize it at the time. It was revolutionary to me. I got to Romans 8, 28, and I know it's a well-loved verse, and it's spoken all the time, but you guys, it was brand new to me, and I hope it's brand new to you today. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. And I was like, Everything? I knew he was saying, this thing that just happened to you, I'm going to turn it into something good. So I said, God, I'm going to start looking for good to come out of this then. I'm going to start looking for it. Shortly after that, God prompted me to forgive the man who raped me. I saw a little vision of Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. To the people that were killing him at that moment. And he meant it for you and me too. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
and I knew that he wanted me to do that, same thing. And honestly, I didn't want to because when you've been deeply hurt, deeply wounded, in your humanness, you don't want to. So I asked God to help me forgive him. And I feel this is very, very important. It's important to ask for help because it's not your mercy, it's God's mercy. It's not your strength to forgive, it's God's strength. Let me just show you how that works in James 4, 7 a second. So humble yourselves before God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Often we kind of gloss over that first part and just say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But then you can just exhaust yourself going around trying to resist the devil all the time, right? Humble yourselves before God just means ask him for help. You guys ask him for help. I need help, God. I don't know how to do this. I can't do this on my own. Ask him for help, and then it's God himself rising up in you to resist the devil, and the devil will have to flee. Any bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, anything the devil is trying to set up in your soul has to flee when God himself resists him. Just ask for help. So I asked him to help me forgive, and then I just spoke a very simple, simple again, you guys, simple prayer. I said it out loud. I said, I choose to forgive, and I said his name. Bring him to his knees before you, Lord, because he needs your forgiveness too. And I feel like saying it out loud is really important too. When you hear yourself make a declaration, you know how the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? When you hear yourself say it, you believe it. You can believe it. Because forgiving is usually by faith, right? It's usually not something you desire to do or can do on your own. You're doing it by faith. Immediately, peace washed over me. I felt the bitterness leave. I didn't hate him. I didn't think about him bitter and with bitterness or hatred anymore. Whenever he came to mind, I just prayed for his salvation. And I prayed more than once. You know, Lord, I forgive him. And I, I want him to know your forgiveness, Lord. In that moment, God was teaching me how to love people the way that he does. Forgive them when they don't deserve it. That's the way that Jesus loves us. That's the way that Jesus loves all people, is forgive them when they don't deserve it. And forgiving someone who doesn't deserve it is such a beautiful picture of the grace of God to the rest of the world around us. Don't you look at the world and all the chaos happening and see how desperately they need to see a love that's different. They need to see a love that is different, something that really works, a love that forgives them at their worst, a love that forgives us at our worst, right? They need to see that. The whole world's in chaos right now. There's so much division happening, not just in the world, but in the church too, and it shouldn't be, you guys. We need to rise up together in unity. And how is this gonna happen? Forgiveness. 
Forgiveness brings our hearts back into unity with each other. And then we're moving together, bringing peace into the middle of chaos. That's what the world needs right now. They need to see that Jesus and his love really works. It really does. He really does. Look at Matthew 5, 43 through 45. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, this is Jesus talking, love even your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight on both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. We're looking like our Father. When we decide to forgive people who don't deserve it, that's when we look more like our Father. You guys, if we look like our Father, then the world can know who he really is. I want to look just like our Father. I want to look just like my Father and love people who don't deserve it because I didn't deserve it. Forgiveness is the heart of the cross. When Jesus was hanging there on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, he was crushing the enemy's head. Forgiveness is not weak. It's very, very strong. Forgiveness is not giving in to the enemy. It is crushing the enemy's head. That is what God is doing in your life and in your situation. When you choose to forgive and you do things God's way and you look like your father, he crushes the enemy under your feet. Let me just tell you how that exact thing happened in my testimony. Because forgiving was just the beginning of what God did. I prayed for this man's salvation from time to time. A year later, we went to court. He pled guilty. He was a prior offender. He got a very stiff sentence, 35 to 60 years. And a year after that, when he was in prison, another miraculous thing happened. I got a phone call from a TV news reporter in Detroit, Christian TV news reporter in Detroit. He said, we're doing a story a news story on sex offenders. So we sent out all of these written interviews to prisons in Michigan. And we got one interview back that mentioned you by name. And we thought it was so interesting, we decided to go to the prison with our cameras and interview him on camera. And when we got there, he talked about how he remembered how you sang Amazing Grace. And when he remembered it, he broke down and cried. And then he remembered how you said, are you working for the devil? You know how I thought that was so simple and so foolish? Well, day after day, that phrase haunted him. God was using that to break open his heart. Day after day, are you working for the devil? He pushed it away. Day after day, are you working for the devil? He pushed it away. Till finally he admitted yes. I've been living for myself, and I have been working for the devil. And he gave his heart to Jesus in prison and began ministering to other inmates. You guys, his testimony is part of my testimony. This is the ultimate good out of evil, the ultimate redemption, right? God saved his life, saved my life, saved his life, and now every time that we tell, I tell this story, 
Over the years, thousands of people's lives have been saved, set free, healed, and delivered because of what God has done, because of what Jesus did. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, this is all because of you. You crushed the enemy's head. You did that, Jesus, for us. You took wounds on yourself so we could be healed. Any healing that's needed here in this place, I know you are doing today, Lord. Any life that's needed out of death, I know you're doing it, Lord. In the hearts, in the souls, in the minds and the thoughts, Lord, of your people. There's a new surrender, Lord. Here in this place, we are ready. We're ready to surrender to what you did for us, Jesus. We're ready to see how you bring life out of our darkness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wasn't that good? Can you just encourage Emily? Wow, wow. Um, I remember the first night that we went out um, for coffee or hot chocolate, and you gave me that testimony, you gave me your testimony, and I was just, my jaw was uh, just dropping after hearing that, and I tell you, hearing that today, it makes me uh, just continue to um, be amazed at what God will do and love her more, Um, because this is not easy, coming up and reliving that kind of testimony. And I always know I was praying for her last night because I know uh, this is, she's been sharing this a lot over the month. The Lord has opened up doors for her to do that because it's time. But Emily, um, I'm just so, so proud of you um, and how you continue to just move forward and change lives with, um, with your, uh, your testimony. And we all have testimonies. Um, and, uh, and Emily will always encourage you to give your testimony. Because there's a life change on the other side. Emily, I just want to ask a few questions as we finish up here. Um, maybe some questions that you're, you're asking as well in your heart. How, did you, how did, did you honor the pain of your experience without allowing it to define you? I think that, um, I mean, I wasn't conscious of this, but... It's just the way that the Lord led me, I think, through healing. Um, I think it's very important to acknowledge when something happens that it does hurt. Like, it's, don't just sweep it under the rug or pretend like it didn't happen or ignore it. Um, It's okay to honor your pain by bringing it to Jesus and saying, this hurts. You know, I really love the Psalms because David it was so, like, in touch with his emotions. <laughs> he was so, like, willing to pour out all of his hurt and pain to, to the Lord, to Jesus. And I feel like that God does love that because the Holy Spirit's the comforter. So if you've got something that needs comforting, bring it, bring it to him. Let the Holy Spirit comfort you comfort you and say, yep, it was wrong. Yep, it does hurt. 
But then he won't let you stay there. Then he, he brings you an opportunity to say, I'm going to heal that thing. You know? So if you can bring it to him, then he, then he will heal it. Um, so, yeah, it's important to acknowledge the pain and then move past it by letting him heal you. Every time. Every time it comes up. Did I yeah, answer the that, question? Yes, you did. That's okay. amazing. I love it. Um, you know, uh, I see you every day, and, and I'm always uh, amazed at how much joy and freedom you have. And, and, and every time I just think of, of this, this story in your life, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed that, that um, you know, I think, how does, she, how does she do that? And I realize it's not you, it's, it's God, it's the freedom that, that, that you found. Um, what would you say to those listening today who feel discouraged, all alone, even hopeless, who might wonder if they can ever be healed and experience that kind of joy and freedom that you have. Yeah. You guys, the word testimony, in the Bible, the word testimony in the Greek, it means to do again. So you're here, you're hearing my testimony, and God's not saying, I just want you to hear this again. He's saying, I'm gonna do this again. I'm gonna do it again for you. If you have any pain in your life, in your heart, in your soul, any shame, any guilt, any fear, anxiety that's overtaking you, he's like, I'm going to do it again for you. So that's why it's really important for you to then tell your testimonies to people. Because just a very simple, I'm up here just very simple words. I don't have anything amazing and wise to say but the holy spirit uses my simple words and he uses your simple words when you're talking to somebody and telling them what jesus has done it could be something he did for you yesterday doesn't have to be your big salvation message could be something jesus did for you just today and then speaking that means that god will do it again for that for that person who's hearing it love him I mean, there's so much we could talk about it. One last thing, you know, um, and then we'll we'll just want to give you an opportunity to find healing um, and uh, receive the resurrection power that that Jesus has for us today. Um, You know, there's that phrase that we all hear, um, the question, why do do bad things happen to good people? You know, why why do these things happen? And, And I think it confuses people sometimes that feel like God gets a bad rap I think everything seems to be attributed to God at times. And you mentioned something up there out of Romans 8.28, which is powerful to you. What, how would you, what would you say to us today or those listening, maybe confused about the hard things that happen in their lives and, and, um, and trying to figure out where God is and all, all of that? Yeah, people do often ask me that. Um, they'll say, why do bad things happen to good people? Or they'll say, well, if I forgive, won't it let them off the hook? You know, does it mean that it's okay what they did? And um, so these are big questions. And why do bad things happen to good people? I don't have all the answers. I do know the enemy is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And I do know that Jesus is always giving life and giving it abundantly. 
It's who he is, it's what he does. And I also know, like Romans 8, 28 says that if something bad has happened to you, God will be with you in it. He'll bring you through it and it will be better on the other side than if it had never happened. That's, that's, that's what God does. That's the miracle in every hard I thing. I love that. Yes. Wow. And, Amen. And, and so true. And you've just seen so many lives that have been touched through your testimony. Hundreds and thousands of people, even around the world, have heard this and have been set free, have been healed. And, um, you know, we're here today in Cadillac, Michigan. You're not here um, by coincidence. Uh, to hear what, what, what is going on here and what's here that happened in, in Emily's life. And I think this is the perfect moment as we finish today. Um, if you just bow your heads, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to find healing and freedom and the same resurrection power that, that brought Jesus from the dead out of the grave is the same resurrection power that's here right now and the same power that that wants to live inside of you to heal you and set you free and give you the abundant life that Jesus died for and so today is all about rising up and stepping out rising up from the hurt and the wounds and the trauma and the confusion and the pain and rising up and coming out of that tomb and experiencing the life that Jesus wants us to live. I did that in 1994. And here you are today. And Jesus says, I'm here, and I want to help, and I want to heal. And if you are feeling a tug, first receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just like Emily said, she prayed that simple prayer, and Jesus came to live inside of her, and the Word came to life. That was the moment she was born again. If you're here today and you say, I... I need to know that Jesus. I know about Jesus, but I need to know Jesus in my heart. And the second prayer is you need healing. You need freedom from wounds and even some deep bitterness and hurt that you've been through in your life. And Jesus is here to do that. I actually have a couple of words of knowledge for people who are here that need healing. One of them is from Isaiah 55, 13. And words of knowledge, you guys, are God's knowledge about your situation, something you're going through. He knows, he sees, and he intends to heal it. Isaiah 55, 13 says, instead of thorns and thistles, I'm going to cause life to spring up. You can read it there on the screen if you want to. But that means wherever there's been hurt and sharp pain and division in your life and your thoughts, God is transforming hearts right now so that new life and restoration can spring up. New life, new joy is going to spring up. Another, another person or people 
some family relationships that are broken and strained. And as you forgive and you choose to love them, those relationships will be restored. I saw your family as one unit and there are deep wounds, deep wounds in that family that need healing. But Jesus said that by his wounds, he took wounds on himself on the cross so that your family can be healed. Those deep cuts in the family and division in the family are gonna be healed because of what Jesus did. And you're gonna see new life and strength coming back into your family. So this is what we want to do. We want to meet you here. We're just going to come down the altar. Number one, if you need Jesus, if, you need, if, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, would you just lift your hand in this place? That's me. I need Jesus. Just lift it up. Be bold. You can. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. This is good. So this is about rising up and coming out. If you need prayer for healing and forgiveness, uh, if you need healing from a deep traumatic wound, we want to meet you here and pray for you as we finish, um, as we end this service. We would love to see you here and love to see the power of God moving in your life. Would everyone just stand together as we finish here today? And if you're here and you need prayer, our prayer team's going to come up and we want to we want to meet you right down here. And we want to pray with you. We're going to pray and dismiss, but we'd love to we'd love to we'd love to be here to bring and help bring healing to your life. Lord, we thank you Jesus for today. We thank you Jesus for today. We thank you God for your your saving grace, your saving power. Jesus we thank you for the resurrection power, Jesus, to change our lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We honor you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I declare that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. And I need you. And I love you, and I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Would you give it up? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you, God. We love you guys. Thank you for coming today. We are here. We would love to pray for you and help you in any way that we can. Have an incredible day with your family. Take care. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.